0: Have you ever found yourself wondering about the role that Canadians played in old time radio? Well, wonder no more. During the next 60 minutes, we'll delve into the careers of actors, writers, and directors who went abroad to find work, as well as those who stayed right here in Canada. Join me as together we explore Canadians in old time radio. This is Devin Wilkins welcoming you to another edition of Canadians in Old Time Radio. Tonight, from our Canadians Abroad file, we have an episode of Lux Radio Theatre, starring Winnipeg-born Deanna Durbin. It's from February 7th, 1944, and it's called His Butler's Sister.
1: Lux presents Hollywood. Fox Radio Theater brings you Deanna Durbin, Pat O'Brien, and Robert Page in His Butler's Sister. Ladies and gentlemen, your producer, Mr. Cecil B. DeMille. Greetings from Hollywood, ladies and gentlemen. Once upon a time, there was an inexpensive little picture called Three Smart Girls, which startled most wise guys by doing more business than some of the stupor colossal productions. The reason was a gay and pretty girl of some 14 summers who had a thrilling soprano voice. She was no stranger to the radio audience because she'd been on the air every week. But overnight, the name Deanna Durbin became a byword for another Hollywood miracle. Now, eight years and 13 pictures later, Deanna's star is still in the ascendant. And as proof, we point to his butler's sister the newest of those gay and diverting stories in which she starred for Universal Studios, we bring it to you tonight direct from the current screen. And with Deanna, we have a very old friend of ours, Pat O'Brien, who gave a fine performance in the picture, and Robert Page, a promising new Universal star who will be Deanna's leading man in her next picture. This week, they've been having quite a celebration in Deanna's hometown of Winnipeg. She's sponsoring a model home which will be sold to provide milk for needy children in England. His butler's sister has the charm we always expect in a Devon picture. A bit of romance, a dash of comedy, a little adventure mixed with a master's touch and Diana's song. I know of no better way to forget your troubles for an evening than by surrendering to this young lady's magic. The play has no axe to grind, no message to sell, but a very popular one of good entertainment. Call it escapist if you like but you'll do a better job tomorrow because Lux Flake has made this diversion possible for you tonight. One of the harder jobs every housewife will have tomorrow, and for a good many tomorrows to come, is to make irreplaceable things last longer. Many lovely things are off the market for the duration. And, of course, everything must wear out sometime. But sometime is farther away if Lux Flakes is there today. And it's curtain time now for his butler's sister starring Deanna Durbin as Anne, Pat O'Brien as Martin, and Robert Page as Charles, with Elsa Janssen as Severina. When Charles Girard boarded the Metropolitan Limited in Chicago, he had blissful vision of a quiet, peaceful trip to New York all along. The price of being Broadway's most successful young composer involves more than a high-income tax. It means autograph hunters, fluttery matrons, and an endless stream of hopeful actors and singers. Charles Gerard wrestles with them at the stage door in his office at his home and right now in drawing room C aboard the Metropolitan Limited.
2: Well, how'd you like Mr. Girard, huh? Of course, in the train you can't tell much about the dance routines, but... Very
1: good, girls, very good indeed. But look, I just write songs. The man who does the hiring is the producer. His name is Mort Collins. When you get to New York, see Mr. Collins. Oh, go on.
2: He wouldn't see
1: us. Then try catching him on a train sometime. Sorry, girls. Goodbye. Oh, Porter. Yes, sir. Uh, Let's tackle him again after lunch when
2: he's got something on his
1: stomach. You want something, Mr. Gerard? Yes, Porter. Privacy. I'm sorry, Mr. Gerard, but those young ladies told me they was friends of yours. Well, if any more friends of mine show up, tell them I'm, uh, tell them i will tell them uh, you in eight. eight. In what? Drawing room eight. It's empty. Okay. Tell them anything, but keep them away from me. Yes, sir. How soon do we get to Cleveland? Oh, in about 15 minutes, sir. All right, thanks. Thank you, sir. Well, you're a lucky man, Mr. Brophy. We just happen to have this one drawing room left. Drawing room A. Right here, sir. Sorry, this mix up occurred, conductor. Happens all the time. Glad we could help you, Mr. Brophy. Thanks. Oh, Porter? Yes, ma'am.
2: I heard Charles Gerard is on this train. Charles Gerard, the composer. Is this his car?
1: Oh, uh, Charles Gerard? Yes. Are uh, you one of those friends of his, ma'am?
2: Well, not exactly. But then, where well, I guess I am.
1: Well, you might try the next car, drawing room eight. Thank you. Now, mind you, all I'm saying is you might try.
2: Thanks. Come here. How do you do? My name's Ann Carter. I heard you were on the train, and... Do you mind if I sing for you?
1: You mean... Right now,
2: in here? Oh, I know it's terribly awkward, but won't you please?
1: Well, just go right
2: ahead. Come on, sing. Embrace
3: me, my sweet embraceable you. Embrace me, you irreplaceable you. Just one look at you, my heart went tipsy in me. And you alone bring out the gypsy in me. I love all the many.
1: your name is, Girlie? Ann
2: Carter. I'm from Centerville, Indiana. I'm going to New York now. This is my first trip.
1: Oh, visiting?
2: Uh-huh. With my brother, Martin Murphy. He's my half-brother, really. Much older than I am. I haven't seen him in years and years. He lives on Park Avenue. Very rich.
1: Mm. The name is familiar, but I just can't seem to place him. You see, I'm known by thousands of people, and thousands of people know me.
2: Oh, of course they do. That's why I wanted to sing for you. Oh, is that so? Yes. I've always wanted to go on the stage. I've had some experience, too, in the Centerville Little Theater. I never told Martin about it, though. I heard from him so seldom. I thought I'd just walk in and surprise him.
1: Well, he'll be surprised, all right. Now, uh, wait a minute.
2: What? If you're
1: going on the stage, I've got something for you right here in my sample case. It's the best on the market if I do say so myself, and I bet I've got just your size.
2: A wig? Yep, way like I
1: am. Well, what's the matter? Come on, girly, take it. Lots more where this came oh. from.
2: Oh, uh, who, who are you?
1: Name's Frank Brophy, girly, head salesman for the Williams Wigs Works. Uh, here's my card.
2: Oh, oh I, I, I'm terribly sorry. I, I thought you were Charles Gerard. I... Gerard? Charles Gerard. Name's
1: familiar, but I'm, I'm just... afraid I've
2: made an awful mistake. Excuse
1: me. Hmm. Well, I'll be done. <laughs> I beg your pardon.
2: Why, Martin, I don't believe you recognize me. Oh, you don't mean... You're... I do mean... Your little sister Anne, all grown up. Well,
1: I'll be... My kid sister, how do you like that?
2: Oh, Martin, it's going to be such fun living here with you.
1: Here, give me those bags. Oh, uh, now, sis, you don't mean you intend to stay here.
2: Why, yes. Don't you want me to? No, no, I didn't mean that, but, uh... Well, I
1: didn't expect you. Well,
2: oh, I decided to come the minute I got your letter with the money in it. You see... I'm going on the stage. you what? I've been studying for years and years. Wait a minute. I'll sing for you. No, 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 no. No, not now, no. Too late. Look, uh, kid, you, you can't stay here. Why not? You mean you're married? No, no, not me. Then why can't I stay here? There's lots of room.
1: Uh, look, Ann, this isn't my place. What? I just work here. I'm the butler. Oh, gee, I'm sorry, kid, but, well, now you can understand.
2: of course. But
1: that money you sent me, a $1,000. Oh, yeah, yeah. Well, you know how I got that dough? I parlayed a $25 bet at Belmont. like the horse in the first race named Little Sister. That's how I happened to think of you, and that's how you must have figured me to be a millionaire. It was Little Sister that started it all. A
4: horse. I see.
1: And there's another Little Sister, not a horse, who has a big brother, and the big brother can't stay away from the track, and now he's busted, broke. Martin,
2: I'm terribly sorry. Well, that's okay, kid. Forget it. Tell you what. You can stay here tonight.
1: Thank you. The boss is out of town. He'll be back the day after tomorrow. Uh, we'll talk it over in the morning, huh? All right. Oh, it's a tough break, kid.
2: Two pianos, Martin. Oh, they're beautiful.
1: Yeah, yeah, that's the boss's racket.
2: He's a musician? Haven't you ever heard of Charles Girard? Martin. Martin, not really. You, you don't really work for Charles Girard. Yeah, I do. So what? Well, I can't believe it. He was on my train, but he got off at Cleveland. I almost sang for him, too, but he turned out to be the wig man. The wig and was... here I am, right in his own home. Oh, Martin, everything's going to be just fine now. Wait
1: a minute. What's going to be fine? Don't
2: you see? This time I'll sing for the real Mr.
1: Gerard. Oh, no, you won't. It's part of my job to keep state-struck kids like you away from Mr. Gerard. But isn't
2: it part of his job to hear people sing? Now, look. Look, I got swell
1: food here. Good quarters, good clothes, not too much work. No worries. And a boss who likes my brand of liquor and cigars. This is the best job I ever had, and I'm going to keep it even if you are my sister. Now, come on, kid. I'll show you your room.
3: All
2: right. Is there anyone else
1: here? Only Severina, the cook. She's asleep.
2: Martin, dear, I could get a job. Don't
1: and... dare me. I'm only a brother. Here, I'll take the grips.
2: I was going to say that I can get a job and pay you back. The
1: hardest work I've done in years. Are they
2: heavy, oh, I'm sorry. What I was going to say, Martin,
1: What I... do you got loaded in these scrap iron? Here's your room.
2: Thank you. Martin, I've been trying to tell you that I can probably get a job and pay you back your thousand dollars. Yeah, $1. yeah,
1: sure, sure, And you sure. can
2: be my manager. That means you get
1: ten percent. Yeah, yeah, sure, ten percent. You can stay here tonight. Tomorrow you go home.
2: I won't go home. Says you. I won't. Martin, I don't think you care a bit about me. Of course I care.
1: But don't you see the spot you got me in? Now pipe down, will you? Go to bed. I'll see you in the morning.
2: Darn right you will.
1: But not after tomorrow morning. Maybe
2: yes and maybe no. Good night. Go,
1: brother, good night.
2: May I come in?
5: You think I get your breakfast? You are mistaken. I didn't ask you to get my breakfast. You're Severina, aren't you? Yes, Where's Martin? Out. When will he be back? For my part, never. He's a loafer, that Martin. Severina, that's no way to talk about my brother.
2: Your, your brother? Your brother? Oh. oh, so that's it.
5: You heard us last night and thought... Oh, wait till I tell Martin. Oh, forgive me, please. I'm, I'm so sorry. Uh, tell me, you like fish? I love it. Then sit down. Whoever likes fish... She's is a friend of mine. Thank you. <laughs> that is one trouble with Mr. Girard. He won't eat fish.
0: I cooked the fish. He won't eat
5: it. But in the end, we'll see. Severina. Huh? Well, I... Now come on,
2: spill it out. I was just wondering, do you think Mr. Girard would mind if I sang for him? You sing? Yes. Oh, mm, that. Oh,
5: no, no, I sing very well. At least I've been told I do. Answer is no. If you are a singer, you had better scram out of here before you are thrown out. Hmm. Mr. Gerard sounds like an ogre. Ogre? What ogre is, I don't know. But Mr. Gerard is okay. I think he has glamour. (laughs) Severina, as long as I'm here, couldn't I help you? I can wash dishes, dust the house, vacuum. You are a good girl. How you come by that Martin for a brother, I don't know. Hmm. after breakfast, and and then maybe yes, yes, you you can help me with vacuum cleaning. But first, uh, finish your breakfast. Good morning.
1: Good morning. Well, look, don't mind me. I just thought I'd say good morning. Am I turning that thing off? Oh. Good morning. Oh, good morning. I'm Mister Gerard. Oh, you are. Yes. I... Oh. I'm sorry. What's your name, please?
2: I'm Miss Carter, Mr. Gerard.
1: You mind if I call you by your first name? It's customary, I think.
2: Why, I'd love you to. My name's Anne.
1: Very kind of you. Ask Severina to bring me some coffee, please.
2: Yes, Mr. Gerard.
1: And you can vacuum this room some other time when I'm out. By the way, when did you start?
2: Start?
1: You are the new maid, aren't you?
2: Oh, oh, uh, oh, yes, yes, sir.
1: Well, tell Severina just coffee. No fish.
2: Yes, sir,
5: I will.
1: Never mind, I'll tell her myself. Severina!
5: Mr. Gerard.
1: Severina, good morning.
5: Good morning, Mr. Gerard. We didn't expect you until tomorrow.
1: Well, you know what an unaccountable fellow I am.
2: Hey, I see we've got a new maid.
5: A new what? Excuse me, sir. Severina
2: wasn't there when Martin hired me. She was out. Out? Yes. Mr. Gerard wants some coffee right away, Severina, and he doesn't want any fish. And he said for me to finish the living room some other time when he was out.
1: And ask Martin to come in when he gets back.
2: Yes, sir, we will. What goes on? He thought I was the new maid, and I accepted Oh, don't give me away separately, everything's worked out
5: wonderfully. I'm completely deep and dumbfounded. One.
3: Cut that out, will you? One. What do you
1: think
2: you're trying to do? Mr. Gerard in this room, if you heard you sing anything... Martin, you're horrible. I know it. Now get out of here and start packing. You're taking the first train back to India. I can't. I haven't any money.
1: Well, don't worry about that. I'll take a look at the racing form. I'll raise some money. You start packing.
5: Pull yourself down. We need a mate and N needs a job. Shut up.
1: One more minute, we'd all been out here on our ears. Are you going or shall I go to the boss myself?
5: You wouldn't, dare. Oh, I wouldn't. No, you wouldn't. Good. We go to the boss together. You squeal on your sister and I squeal on you. What are you talking about? I'm talking about how much silver you don't see. How much work you don't do. How many bosses he got to smoke. And maybe when I get excited, prices, I, I think of more. Well, what are we waiting for?
1: So you want to be a maid, huh?
5: Oh, yes, Martin. I'm so glad you All I
1: right, have... you ask for work, you're going to get it. Silver to polish, floors to wax, furniture to dust, windows to wash, and a few other things. But they all come later. First you do the marketing. Here's the list. Where's the market? 22 stories down, 12 blocks to north. Get going. Severina. Yeah? Severina, remind me to slip you a Mickey bend. Dames, dames, dames. And your hat, sir. Do you know uh, when you plan to return home, sir? I'll be back around four, Martin. The new maid, Martin. Very attractive girl. Uh, um, oh, uh, yes, sir. I uh, happened to be looking out of the window when she returned from marketing. She seemed to have plenty of assistance. I don't know what you mean, sir. Well, there were five of them. Satanovich's butler Popoff, and Mrs. McIntyre's chauffeur, and three other gentlemen, all helping her with the bundles. Yes, Martin, a very attractive girl. Won't happen again, sir. Martin? Yes, sir. There's something on your mind. Now what's the matter? Nothing, sir, nothing at all. Horses? Is that it? No, sir. Yes, no. Yeah, Yes, sir. Horses. You know, everybody seems a little strange since I got back.
0: You don't know the half
1: of them. Oh, yes, yes, sir, yes. Very strange indeed, sir. Well, pull yourself together, Martin. I'll try, sir. You and your racing form can't expect a little sister to come in every day. That's what you think, sir. <laughs> Mr. DeMille presents Deanna Durbin, Pat O'Brien, and Robert Page in Act Two of his Butler's sister in a moment. Remember those puzzles where you had to tell what's wrong with the picture? Well, I'm going to give Sally a verbal picture and see if she can spot all the mistakes. It's Saturday morning, and Betty Lou is getting ready to wash her week's undies.
2: (laughs) Well, Mr. Kennedy, that's wrong to begin with. She should never let them pile up like that. Undies should be luxed right after every wearing to remove the dirt and perspiration before they can weaken the fibers.
1: Right, Sally. Well, to continue. So Betty Lou filled up her wash bowl with good hot water and dumped in a lot of soap
3: powder.
2: Mistakes two and three. ...she should never have used hot water for silk or rayon... to the apt to fade the colors. Oh, and you didn't say Lux Flakes, Mr. Kennedy. If she's using a strong wash day soap, it's apt to weaken the fabric. She should use lukewarm water and mild Lux Studs.
1: Then she rinsed her undies in hot water...
2: ...wrong again.
1: ...and hung them in front of the radiator to dry.
2: Uh-oh, there's that heat beaming again. If she wanted them to dry quickly and safely... ...she should have rolled them in a Turkish towel to remove the excess moisture and then hung them away from heat to dry.
1: And finally, she ironed them with a hot iron.
2: That's the last straw, Mr. Kennedy, absolutely. Silk and rayon fabrics need a very low-temperature iron. Too hot an iron may scorch them. May even melt some rayons and make a hole. <laughs> Honestly, it's a wonder the poor girl had any undies left after doing all those wrong things. They were probably faded and drab-looking, and worn out long before their time.
1: Actual tests prove luck slips in night down. Stayed lovely three times longer than those washed the wrong way. So if your dealer was out of Lux Flakes last time you asked for a box, try again tomorrow. We're shipping more every day. Remember, Undies lead a long life when they lead a luxe life. Now, our producer, Mr. DeMille. Act two of His Butler's Sister, starring Deanna Durbin as Anne, Pat O'Brien as Martin, and Robert Page as Charles Girard, with Elsa Jansen as Severina. <laughs> Carter has been in New York only one day, and already she's preparing for her first party.
3: There's only one hitch. Her
1: party dress is a maid's uniform, and her arm, instead of resting gently on an escort, is wrapped tightly around a tray of hors d'oeuvres. Wait a minute, wait a minute. You just carry the tray, you don't strangle it.
5: Listen to him. You do fine, and just don't be
1: nervous. All right, get gone. He only
5: told me there was going to be a party tonight.
1: Well, it's certainly too bad Mr. we can sell us first.
5: Quite tough guy. Sometimes it happens like this, Anne. All of a sudden, 12 guests for dinner. Now take the hors inside. Wait a
1: minute. Yes, Martin. Now look, when you get in there, remember, you're not a guest. No smiling. I'll give me the whole setup in one word. Dead pan. Get it? Dead pan. All right, beat it.
5: Come here, child.
2: Hordeaux, madam. I hope they taste better than you look. What's the matter with your face? That's tan. I beg your pardon? You look positively weird. Do you have a toothache? No, ma'am. Oh, you should take something for that face. Hordeaux,
1: sir. Certainly. I ain't had no dinner. Hmm, good. You're new here, aren't you?
2: Yes, sir.
1: Well, give me another one of them things. Yes, sir. Shouldn't eat them, really, that person. Tissy, you interest me. What's your name?
2: Ann, sir. Mine's
1: Kalb, Mort Kalb, the producer.
2: How do you do, sir? Well, oh,
1: smile, baby. I won't bite you. Sit Yes, sir. You interest me. Especially that kisser. Something wrong with that kisser. I don't know what it is.
2: Please, Mr. Kalbite.
1: Outside of your face, sister, you've got everything. Except maybe... Purse. Purse,
3: sir.
1: Purse, purse. You know, be sure of yourself. Like like, like Martin. Purse. Oh, boy That's what I said. Purse. Anything the matter here? Yeah, her face. Look at it. Anne. <laughs> Come on, relax. Yes, sir. Sure what she looks like, more. Well, well, I've finished with herring. Oh, no, that's spoiler the resemblance. Oh, okay. Sister, look.
3: What? Oh! oh.
2: <laughs> you see?
1: <laughs> Say, not fair, not fair at all. You ought to be on the stage, sister.
2: Oh, do you think so? Do you think that sometime you listen to me?
1: Just remember, you're not a guest. Listen to you what,
2: baby? Uh, 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 vacuum in the living room. Huh? Excuse me. dirt, sir? dirt, madam? The dame's nuts.
1: Well, Charles. Hello, darling.
4: So this is our quiet evening alone.
1: I'm sorry, Liz. I had to drop in on Carl this afternoon on business, so he picked up a phone and invited everybody for dinner.
4: Well, at least we could go out on the terrace for a few minutes.
1: I'd like to see anyone stop us. Come
3: on,
4: Too bad I'm so fond of you, darling. I dislike everything else about you so thoroughly. Your friends, your profession, your public. Do you mind?
1: No, I'm flattered. I must have terrific charm.
4: Aren't you wasting it, dear?
1: Oh, but those people in there are my friends, Liz, the people I work with. Darling. Yes?
4: I'm going to Maine in the morning. So soon? Mother's orders. Ronnie Clifford's there. Oh. Why don't you come with me, Charles? You're overworked. You need a rest. You told me yourself you're not getting on with the new show.
1: Yes, but I can't just throw it overboard like that.
4: Why can't you? You've made all the money you need. Oh, you'll love me, darling.
1: Sounds very tempting.
4: Why don't you come? Yes, why don't I? Hey, look. Oh, no, Helen, do you have to... This is probably the first and last time tonight I'll have Charles to myself and you, Barge. Well, at least I found you two, but where in heaven's name is everybody else?
1: Yes, where?
4: Well, I'm sure I don't know.
1: Maybe I'd better phone the police.
2: Two minutes ago, they were all in your living room, and now they've simply disappeared. I'll admit they're not much, but at least they're men. Martin? Martin?
1: Yes, sir? Martin, where have all the guests gone? I believe they're in the kitchen, sir. In the kitchen? It appears, sir, they're all insisting on helping the new maid serve dinner, sir. Well, Martin, don't you uh, think you can do something about that? A pleasure, sir, and immediately.
2: I beg your pardon, sir.
1: Why, come in, eh? Rather a wearing party, wasn't it? Yes, sir. I thought you did extremely well. It was quite obvious my guests thought so, too. The gentleman, at least. They spent most of the evening in the kitchen with you.
2: Well, I want to apologize for not being a better maid, sir. Perhaps next time. Well, good night, Mr. Gerard. Good night, Anne. Oh, Mr. Gerard. Yes? That song you're playing. I think it's the most beautiful you ever wrote. You think so? Yes, sir.
1: Good. Thank you. I've always liked it myself. Well... Good night, Ed. Fish for breakfast. Take it away, Martin. Severina says you need fish, sir. Brain food. Ah, oh. Apparently you agree or you wouldn't have served it. I'm sorry, sir. But I'm a bit disturbed this morning. Again? Yes, sir. With your permission, I should like to give the new maid her two weeks' notice today. Huh? Huh? Oh, I rather liked her. Nice taste in music. You kidding? What? Uh, sorry, sir. Sorry, just thinking out loud, sir. Well, perhaps you had better let her go. I won't have any further need for her. I'm going to maid tonight, Martin. You get my train reservations, please. Will you be gone long, sir? I don't know. And uh, give Anne four weeks' notice instead of two and references. Make them good and tell her. Oh, tell her I'm sorry. I shall be very happy to, sir. I'll be going downtown in a few minutes. Anything important comes up, you can reach me this afternoon, Mr. Cobbs' office. And, honey, I called you down here because I've been a producer for 25 years and ain't never gone wrong yet, neither with a play nor a personality. So I know what I'm talking about.
2: But if you'd only let me sing, then you can really tell. Just one little song. It won't take but a minute. Uh, 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 we
1: got all afternoon. Now, look. Just having a beautiful singing place don't mean nothing. It's the purse and personality that counts. See what I mean, baby? I
2: I think so, Mr. Calb. I really can't stay, and if you don't mind, I'd much rather sing for you now. Take it easy, take it easy. But Mr. Gerard is coming here, and I don't think I should be here when he does. Gerard, I mean...
1: he fired you, didn't he? He'd be glad to see me give you a break.
2: I know, Mr. Yes, Kalb.
1: Yes, sir. The minute I seen you last night, I says, Mort, there's a little lady that ain't going to be wrestling with a broom much longer.
2: Well... If it's a choice between wrestling with you or the broom, I'll take the broom.
1: That's it, honey. That's it. Quick answer. Right on the beam. Personality. Hey, hey, wait a minute. Where are you going? What is this here? A foot race? Don't you want to stay and sing for me?
2: I really think I'd better be going. Right now.
1: Hello, Mort. Oh, hello, Ann.
2: Hello, Mr. Gerard. Excuse me, please. I'm just leaving. Oh,
1: don't go on my account. I'll only be a minute. Sit down. Yes,
2: sir.
1: I hated to intrude, Mort, but I had to see you. Sure, Charlie. I'm afraid you'll have to call off the show, Mort. I'll never finish it. Call off the show? I'm sorry. Either I'm tired or I'm washed up. Anyway, I'm leaving for Maine. Have you gone crazy? Maybe, but that's how it stands. How do you like that? You can't be so tired you can't rewrite your old tunes. Nobody can be so tired they can't do that. Well, that's how tired I am, I guess. But the show's booked to open the first week in September. It's off as far as I'm concerned, Mort, and that's that. Now, wait a minute. I don't want to lose my temper, but nobody ever turned Mort Kaupp down like this before. Oh, no,
2: please. You can't do this. It's wrong, Mr. Gerard. I know you'll be unhappy.
1: I signed Maggie Howard and Dot Stanley, and I'm already making a deal doing with... You've been
2: your whole life. You write such beautiful music. You won't be yourself without your work. What? If you go away now, you'll be giving up everything. You'll be unhappy and disappointed, and then it's going to be too late, because once you're gone, you won't be able to get back again.
3: Well,
1: I didn't ask for your opinion.
2: Oh, I'm sorry. But I'm not your maid anymore. I was just speaking to you as a friend. I had to say what I did because, well, because I admire your work so much. Goodbye.
1: Well, can you beat that? And I was going to teach her purse. I've taken your luggage down, sir, and the cab is waiting. Thanks, Martin. It's all right, sir. I believe you. See, it's pop-off perfectly, and he's giving a car.
3: Pop-off? Uh-huh.
1: Yes, sir. At the pillar, café on second air. Anne and I were invited. Oh, and too. Anne has made quite an impression on Mister Popoff, sir. On all of us, Martin. I beg your pardon. No, Skipper, look, is she still here, Anne, or uh, has she left? She's here, sir. Send her in, will you? I'd, I'd like to say goodbye. Yes. You want you. Who wants you? There's only one other here in the joint. What do you think? Oh. Martin tells me you're going out, Ann. You look charming. Thank you. I'm uh, sorry you... That is, I'm sorry. I... What I mean to say is I think we may have misunderstood each other at Cobb's office today. I... I want you to feel that I don't appreciate your... Oh, uh, interest. And
2: I'm sorry I said what I did. It wasn't any of my business.
1: Oh, yes, it was. I I wanted to say thank you.
2: You're welcome.
1: And goodbye. Goodbye. For my girl, Anna, here you 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 your are. For my girl, Anna, the biggest piece of cake.
2: Oh, Popov, Pop, you're sweet. Happy birthday. Yeah. Happy birthday.
1: Thank you, thank you, thank you. Uh, Anna, Anna, I wish to make a proposal.
2: My
1: Popov? Yes, Popov Sergei Ivanovich is a man of action. He thinks, he speaks. Anna, do me the honor, the great honor.
2: Yes?
1: The great honor of joining the menage of Patonevich, my employer, in the capacity of full maid.
2: <laughs> I'll make you a promise, Papa. If the people here tonight don't like my singing, I'll accept the proposal.
1: Yes, singing? What are you talking
2: about? Uh, well, Martin,
1: I... Wait, Anna. Papa, of extreme. You gentlemen all have brought me wonderful and expensive presents for my birthday. But the best present is from Anna. Anna is going to sing for me. Man, are you nuts? Sticking your neck out like this to join us back. She does not stick out the neck. Now close the big mouth, Martin. Already it is arranged with the orchestra to play her song. How do you know she can sing? Anna tells me so. On that first and unforgettable day when I meet her and carry for her home the groceries from the weekly pigment. If Anna tells Papa she can sing, she can sing. Leon! Leon!
2: Yes, Papa! We are ready. Quiet the noise and make with the music. (laughs) I'll try not to disgrace you, Martin. Well,
1: Anna, by the orchestra. Go, go.
2: In the spirit
3: of the moment when the moon. Dim and low. we won't it for a more.
1: Mr. Gerard. Good evening, Leon. Oh, what a pity you come just now, Mr. Gerard? One minute sooner, and you would have heard the most beautiful voice in the world singing for Papa's birthday. You see that lovely young lady over there? Anne? Yes, I think that's what they call her, Anne. Uh, excuse me, Leon. I think I'll go over and congratulate Papa. What a voice, Anna! What a voice. Like a bird she sings, like
3: a bird. Oh, Seth, why didn't you tell
1: me you could sing like that? I tried to tell you. Oh, I never figured you were so wonderful. I'm so glad
2: you like me, Martin.
1: Uh, Gentlemen, gentlemen, tomorrow Anna belongs to the world. Tonight it is my birthday, she belongs to me. (laughs) (laughs) Martyr, Martin, gentlemen, good evening. Good evening. evening, evening. Happy birthday, Papa. If you'll allow me, please order some champagne. Oh, thank you, sir. Thank you very much. Anne? Yes? Will you dance this with me? my song, you know. Did you miss your train, sir? Sure looks like it. Please,
2: Anne. Oh, I'd like to. Very
1: much. Anna goes out. Champagne comes in.
2: Mm, that's nice. Been here long?
1: I just came in.
2: Oh, well, then you didn't...
1: No. I didn't go to Maine.
2: Oh. I'm sorry you missed your train.
1: Anne, I've been thinking about what you said. I... Well, I had no right to walk out on Cobb and all those people depending on the show, and so, well, I've decided to stay.
2: Oh, you're wonderful. I mean, doing a thing like that.
1: You know, it's not so hard as I thought to admit you're wrong. Isn't it? No. I came straight to you because, well, if the show is a hit, it'll be thanks to you.
2: If your new music is like this, it has to be a hit. I could dance with this all night.
1: I'm sorry you said that. Why? Because I had hopes we'd go for a walk. Right now? Right now. Oh.
2: Well, why not?
1: Wonderful. Tired? Uh
2: uh-uh. uh. Are you?
1: Dead. <laughs> I haven't walked so much in 15 years.
2: Did you like walking then?
1: Not particularly. There were times when I didn't have carfare.
2: It's hard to imagine that you were ever. Broke? Mm hmm.
1: I certainly was. Selling the songs was hard. Finding them was fun. The most fun I ever had in my life. Until now.
2: Where did you find your songs?
1: Oh, everywhere. Around the corners of little street. In the faces of people. I'd hear them with the ships coming up the harbor. And they were all over the place. I wrote them down by a dozen. They were all the same song.
2: Same?
1: Just one song. One theme. I love it. How about you? About me? Did you walk miles and miles, too, in Centerville, Indiana?
2: <laughs> there aren't miles and miles in Centerville.
1: Were you looking for something? Yes. What? A song. Just one? Just one. The same thing? Did you find it? Yes. And?
2: Yes, Charles.
1: Oh, nothing. Just Anne. Look. There's no moon, but there's moonlight at your feet. See it? I hear it. What does it sound like?
2: Your phone.
1: Hey, we're home. Right house with the wrong door. It says service entrance.
2: Right house, right in.
1: But how about trying my into the house?
2: Why didn't you try mine for a change?
1: Well, I was just waiting for an invitation. <laughs> identification, this is CBS, the Columbia Broadcasting System. After a brief intermission, Mr. DeMille brings us Act Three of his Butler's sister starring Deanna Durbin, Pat O'Brien, and Robert Page. But now, I'd like you to meet Tom Nelson. His wife, Nan, is out rolling bandages. So he's decided to be helpful and wash the dishes she left in the kitchen. Now, let's see. Dish pan. Soap. Uh, I guess this cake will do. Now.
3: Uh,
1: come on there, lather up. I'm sure Nan gets better suds than this.
3: Now, uh, maybe the water isn't hot enough.
1: Oh, gosh, how does she stand this three times a day? She sure is a wonderful woman.
2: Hello, dear. Why, how nice of you. (laughs) But you're making such a struggle of it.
1: Well, this soap's no help. Look, no suds at all. Doggone it, honey, it looks so easy when you do it.
2: Oh, oh, I see, silly. Of course it's easy. I use Lux. Now, you just take that old cake of soap out of there and whip up some rich suds with these Lux flakes. Oh, whoa there, that's enough. Just a little Lux goes a long way.
1: And that's what I call good suds, too.
2: Mm Mm-hmm. And look how nice it keeps my hands. It's a good thing I caught you in time to make you change to Lux, dear. I couldn't have you getting dishpan hands.
1: Thanks, folks. You've said just about everything I could about Lux flakes for dishes, except how far just a little Lux goes. Lux does up to twice as many dishes as the same weight of other dishwashing soaps tested. Use all you need to make good suds, but no more than you need, for soap contains important war materials. Yes, Lux is thrifty, and so kind to your hands. Get a box tomorrow, and see how easy it is to change dishpan hands to Lux hands. Now, Mr. DeMille returns to the microphone. We'll meet our stars very informally after the play. But now here's the curtain going up on the third act of his butler's sister, starring Deanna Durbin, Pat O'Brien, and Robert Page with Elsa Jansen. Only a few moments have passed since Dan Carter and Charles Girard made the profound discovery that they are in love. Thereupon Charles, being a man, has simply yawned, gone to bed, and fallen asleep. But Anne, being a woman, is still awake, a little dewy eyed a little dazed, a little impervious to the knocking on her door that finally rouses her from love. Sweet coma.
2: Yes. Martin, can I come in. Dear Martin, of course Martin, come in. Hello, Martin.
1: i have been looking all over town for you.
2: Sweet thoughtful,
1: Martin. Sweet thoughtful, my ear. Where you been?
2: We were just walking.
1: You and Gerard. If you think I'm going to stand by and let that Martin it's certainly nice if you to walk out and pop off like that.
2: I don't see what was so terribly wrong. Oh, you don't see anything.
1: So I'm going to do the scene for you.
2: I can look out for myself. Sure,
1: so can Gerard. Well, it's all fun for him. Let him have his fun, not with you.
2: You don't know anything about it, and it's none of your business. Well, I'll make it my business.
1: You're getting out in the morning.
2: No, I'm not. You don't understand, Martin. I love him. He loves me. Oh, he does, huh? Yes. Yeah.
1: What are you going to do? Make a mess out of your life? Well, I'm not going to let you. And
2: what can you do about it?
1: Plenty, sister, plenty. <laughs> Good morning, Martin. Good morning, sir. Martin, I never felt better in my life. My, this breakfast looks good. Everything looks good, even you. Thank you, sir. Oh, uh, Martin, here. See, I didn't forget my check for the tickets to the Butler's Ball. Tonight, isn't it? Yes, sir. Thank you very much, sir. Would you like the tickets? Oh, no, Martin. Just give them to someone. Severina, Popoff, anyone. Yes, sir.
3: Ah.
1: What a sigh, Martin. What's the matter? Oh, nothing, sir. Nothing at all. <laughs> Where are you going? To get your eggs. Well, wait. What's the joke, huh? <laughs> oh, looks like the joke's on you, sir. <laughs> what do you mean? Uh, <laughs> I, I'm sorry, I can't tell you. Sir. Why not? <laughs> well, the more I think of it. <laughs> well, come on, let's have it. You can't keep a joke like that to yourself, especially if it's on me. Oh well, if you insist. <laughs> Looks like you've been taken for a ride, sir. At last, that girl. What girl? What girl? Oh, yes. One does get the mixed, doesn't one? The new maid. Looks like she's put one over on you. <laughs> and that's the thing we've been trying to avoid, sir. You've been drinking, Martin. I beg your pardon, sir. Then come on. What's all this about, anyway? Well, I'll tell you. Looks like she's wormed her way into your affection. She's just like all the rest of them. stage struck, ambitious. I'll get the eggs, sir. Wait a minute. Are you referring to... and the new maid. She's the type of girl that gets in your hair. Haunts manager's offices. Yes? Of course, I understand how you feel. Young, pretty. She does look innocent, doesn't she? I don't believe a word you're... Martin, how do you know this? Oh, everybody knows. That is the servants. Of course, I understand if you want to have a little fun, but still... But still what? Well, it doesn't seem to me there's much fun if you know a girl is trying to use you. Well, don't take it too hard, boss. After all, you can't go to the payoff window after every race. <laughs> What's the matter? <laughs> oh, nothing. It's just so funny, that's all. Yeah. <laughs> 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 so you thought the little girl had wormed her way into my affections, eh? Huh?
3: Yeah.
1: <laughs> <laughs> oh, the poor kid. I wouldn't want to hurt her feelings. Huh? I thought she understood, just missed my train, dropped into the Pelican, trying to kill a dull evening, and... Oh my, if that girl thinks that... Well, it, it's just too bad, that's all. You understand, don't you, Martin? Oh, yes, sir. Hello, operator. Uh, long distance, please. Martin, I uh, think you'd better ask Anne to come in a minute. Yes, sir. Long distance. I want to get Bar Harbor, Maine. Miss Elizabeth Campbell. Person to person. This is Charles Gerard. Marie Hill, 9090. Thanks. you. Ah, good morning, Anne. Good morning. Thank you, Martin. Very good, sir. Well, Miss Carter, what'll it be?
2: What?
1: Oh, you've played your cards very well. What are you going to sing for? What do you mean? Why, surely you're not going to waste all your efforts. This is your opportunity. Oh, Martin, that will be all. Yes, sir.
2: I don't want to thank
0: Oh, well,
1: in that case, I, I want to thank you for a charming evening. I know it was rude of me to take you away from your friends, but, well, I do hope they're not too angry. Martin, you may go. I prefer to stay. Look, this doesn't concern you. Maybe it does. Martin, you're fired.
2: Oh, yeah?
1: Well, that's fine. That's great. Martin, wait.
2: Mr. Gerard, please. Sorry, baby. Maybe you are right.
1: We don't belong here. The phone's ringing, Martin. So it is, sir. But I'm fired. So you are. Hello? Oh, Liz, darling. I... Yes, dear, I know. But listen, I missed my train. I'm sorry, but I won't miss the next one. I'll see you in the morning. Yes. I'm afraid I did something very silly last night. I'll tell you about it when I see it'll give you a big laugh. Yes. Okay, darling. Bye. I think that'll be all, Anne. Martin? Yes, sir? I'm sure you must have a lot of things to clean up for the ball tonight. You and Ann can leave whenever you wish. Big idea packing a grip.
2: I told you I was going home.
1: Oh, look, sis, forget about going home. So we've been fired. Okay, we can get other jobs. And besides, you are not going to throw a great career overboard just like that.
3: (laughs) Some career. Oh, look,
1: with your pipes and my brains, we can really go places. I'll be your manager, you know, like you said, and I'll only take 5%. There's
2: only one catch, Mark.
1: Yeah?
2: I'm all through, Sam. I don't want to have anything to do with music or the stage ever.
1: Well, I think you're nuts. Besides, what can you do in Centerville?
2: (laughs) Got everything I need. Good food, good quarters, good clothes, not too much work, no worry. Remember? Yeah, I
1: remember. I remember you offered me a job as manager, and I accepted. Now you're running out of me.
2: But I'm not going to sing anymore, so I don't need a
1: manager. Oh, come on, honey. Take it over for just another day. Tonight, we'll have some fun. The butler's ball. Besides, I promised Papa off, and the boys you'd be there, and they're counting on you after all you ran out on last night. Martin, I can't. Well, if you don't care about me, you might have a little consideration for them. I don't care. Okay, if you want to go around ruining other people's lives.
2: I'm not ruining anybody's lives. No, what
1: about mine? Oh, look, sis, you're all I got. Please don't leave me. Oh, come on. What about waiting in the morning? Go to the fall with me tonight. All right,
2: all right. Just leave me alone.
1: Oh, thanks, kid. Thanks. <laughs> I beg your pardon, sir. Do you have a ticket? Why, no. I'm uh, I'm looking for someone. I'm sorry, sir, but this is a private party. Butlers only. Oh, I see. Well, I uh, I'm looking for Mister. Martin Murphy. Oh, Martin, he was around a moment ago. Oh, there he is. And uh, Martin, yeah, this gentleman to see you. Hello, Martin. Where's Anne? Henry, I thought you said there was a gentleman to see me. Why, he told me that. Uh... I never saw him before. Oh, wait a minute, Martin. All I want to know is is Anne here? I've got to talk to him. Certainly is overcrowded in Maine this season. Don't oh, forget it? about that, will you? Martin. Hey, Martin. Hello, Mort. Certainly appreciate your coming tonight. Mort Cow gives you his word. You can put it in the bank and draw on it. Hello, Mort. You're just in time. Uh, this is the gentleman who invited me. Who's your friend, Martin? You got me, pal. He claims he knows everybody. Oh, Mort, don't do this to me. I'm your pal. Now listen, please, both of you. I've got to get in here. What do you want from me? A reference? He might turn out to be a vicious character. You better get away from him. Henry? Yes, Mr. Collins. Throw the bum out. That'll learn him. Now, Martin, about the kid. If she can chope as well as you say, why, well, it's all right with me. Now, look here, Henry. I'd be delighted to purchase a oh, ticket. This but... is a private affair. I told you before, sir. Now, if you would only be good enough to. Severina! Oh, Severina, I've been looking everywhere for you. They won't let me in. Don't let them do this to your cousin Charlie.
5: What? Uh, uh... Oh, oh, Charlie, Charlie, darling, I'm so glad you could come. Explain
1: to this gentleman who I am, please.
5: Uh, Henry, this is my uh, cousin Charlie. Shake hands, gentlemen. How do
1: you do? How do you do? Uh, of course, any relative of Severina's is most welcome. Well, thank
5: you. Come on, Charlie, have fun, have fun. Now, you aren't my cousin anymore, and I'm glad of it. Why? You know Why? You have ruined the lives of a whole family. What are you
1: talking about?
5: I'm talking about Anne and Martin and you know it. Who were orphans. Now all they got is each other.
1: Well, what have I ever done to them?
5: Did you ever hear of a brother and sister that was satisfied with each other? And without a job?
1: Without a What? Do you, Do you mean to tell me that she's his sister?
3: Yes, I mean.
1: You mean their brother and
3: sister? Yes.
1: Oh, Severina, listen, from now on, anytime you want me to eat fish, I'll love it.
3: <laughs>
1: Ladies and gentlemen, tonight we have a special privilege. We will hear sing a very beautiful young lady. Ladies and gentlemen, I
5: have a great pleasure to introduce Miss Anne Carter. In front of all these people? Don't worry, just read and listen.
1: put your signature on this contract, honey. Morton, I need it. And keep the pen, darling. I'm going to need your signature, too, on our marriage license.
2: Charles. Oh, Charles. But your train, I, I thought you were going away tonight.
1: I am, darling, but not to Maine. Maryland. Maryland? People can get married in Maryland right away, except they insist on one thing.
2: What, oh, darling?
1: A bride.
4: Oh, fussy people.
1: Yes, sir. If you want to keep a maid these days, you got to marry him. Just a moment, our stars will return for a curtain call. Do you remember way back when you used to wear silk and nylon stockings? Did you ever wonder what happened to all those you gave to salvage? Well, if stockings could talk, they might say something like this.
2: My dear, you mix with so many kinds of people here. Isn't it amazing? All of our stockings go into the same solution and then turn out completely different colors, depending on whether we're silk or nylon. I suppose that nice little silk stocking that came in with us is a gunpowder bag by now. What we're going into is a military secret. And I was practically new such a short time ago. But I was rubbed, my dear, rubbed with a cake of soap. Imagine. In no time, of course, I popped a run. Why, I wore for months and months. Of course... I got a nightly bath in lux flakes. And my, how that refreshed me. Saved my elasticity.
1: Making all stockings last just as long as possible is part of every woman's wartime job. The lovely new rayons you're wearing now, just like silk and nylon, will last longer if you luxe them after every wearing. Here's a hint about drying time. Always allow rayons to dry 24 to 48 hours before you wear them. Nightly luxing... Helps you to double the wear you get from every pair. Actual tests proved it. Now, here's Mr. DeMille with our stars. It's cut and call time for the butler's sister, the butler, and the butler's boss. But this time, they're traveling under the names of Deanna Durbin, Pat O'Brien, and Robert Page.
2: Thank you, Mr. DeMille. It's grand to be back with you.
1: I imagine that uh, you and Pat had quite a lot of fun filming his butler's sister... Well, I sprained my ankle.
2: Oh, that was nothing, Pat. I had to learn Russian for some of the songs.
1: Hey, Russian's a pretty tough language, isn't it? Well, it took me... took me a full day to learn to say (laughs) drastvichia. I'm fine. How are you? (laughs) Why, Pat? Pat, you speak Russian. What I said was, how do you do? Si, si. (laughs) (laughs) That's Spanish, Pat. Well, what do you know? I speak Spanish, too. Spanish, sprained ankle, learning Russian. What else happened, Deanna?
2: Well, I joined the crew of a Catalina bomber out in the South Pacific.
1: I guess you'll have to explain that one, Deanna.
2: I'm the honorary hostess.
1: Did they make you a member of the short snorters?
2: I guess you really have to fly part of the ocean for that, Pat.
1: Well, the short snorters are a rather exclusive club, I believe. The president and Mr. Churchill are among the members. Well, I guess it isn't really exclusive. They let me in. (laughs) (laughs) Pat, what's the gag about carrying a dollar bill? Well, that's your membership card. When you become a member during the course of some ocean flight, the other short-snorters who happen to be present autograph a dollar for you. And if you happen to get caught without the dollar in your pocket, you have to pay the guy who catches you a buck. <laughs> have, uh, have you got yours with you, Pat? Right here, C.B. I ran out of autograph space over the jungles of Dutch Guiana, so I got a few dollar bills placed here together. I bought them with me. <laughs>
2: Hey, that's a nice little nest uh, <laughs> Have you chosen next week's play yet, Mr.
1: DeMille? Yes, we have, Deanna. And it's a real mystery thriller. The RKO picture, The Fallen Sparrow. And our stars will be Robert Young, Maureen O'Hara, and Walter Slezak. Romance, intrigue, and murder are the elements of next week's play. And you're all invited to join Robert Young on the trail of adventure that that leads to a Nazi spy ring and the beautiful girl who won't talk.
2: Mm, I'm shivering already, Mr. DeMille. Good night.
1: Good night, Dickie boy. No, good, good night.
3: Nancy. Good night.
1: Good night. welcome sign is out any time for you three. Our sponsors, the makers of Lux Flakes, join me in inviting you to be with us again next Monday night. And the Lux Radio Theater presents Robert Young, Maureen O'Hara, and Walter Slezak in The Fallen Sparrow. This is Cecil B. DeMille saying good night to you from Hollywood. Deanna Durbin and Robert Page will star together in their next Universal Technicolor picture to be filmed with a Jerome Kern musical score. Heard in tonight's play were Jay Novello as Popoff, Arthur Q. Bryan as Cowb, and Florence Lake, Joe Gilbert, Truda Marson, Buck Woods, Leo Cleary, Charles Seal, Helga Moray, and Norman Field. This program is heard by our fighting forces overseas through cooperation with the Armed Forces Radio Service. Our music was directed by Louis Silvers. And this is your announcer, John M. Kennedy, reminding you to tune in again next Monday night to hear Robert Young, Maureen O'Hara, and Walter Slezak in The Fallen Sparrow.
0: Well, that just about does it for me this evening. Thanks so much for listening, and I'll look forward to seeing you next week. Have a good one. Bye for now. If you've enjoyed the shows you've heard during the past hour, be sure to tune in again next week, same time, same station, when once again, we'll listen to programs that are remembered today, thanks to the involvement of Canadians in old-time radio. This is Devin Wilkins speaking.